0: my name is Jeffrey Dean and today is Thursday October 28th and today I am joined by two guests Wyatt Nunn and Cam Cawfel and today in the Halloween spirit we're gonna be looking at five teams who are either pretending
1: or are they for real but first before we get into that how are y'all doing I'm uh, I'm wonderful thanks for having us on both of us yeah Yeah, doing pretty well as Cam said thank you for letting us on the show
0: of course let's get into it so we're gonna be taking a look at five teams who, per 538's preseason odds, are exceeding expectations. Those teams are the Bulls, Knicks, Hornets, Warriors, and Timberwolves. They are all top three in their respective conferences. And for reference, this is how the top eight seeds after one week have done at the end of the season. As you can see, one seeds and three seeds are each performed very well after one week throughout the rest of the season. 85% of one seeds after one week make the playoffs. 90% of three seeds make the playoffs. Um, so, we're going to jump in to the first team, the Chicago Bulls. They have started 4-0 this season, their best start since 1997. In the last 10 seasons, 20 of the 23 teams to start 4-0 or better have made the playoffs, and should they win tonight against the Knicks, they would move to 5-0, and in the last 10 years, all 13 teams who have started 5-0 and or better have made the playoffs. So, are the Bulls for real, or is this a costume and they're pretending?
2: Well, I mean, I will uh, I'll tell you this much. I think I, I knew the Bulls were going to be for real, and now I, that officially you know, accelerates my opinion because and it's, I think it's a fact that the Bulls are for real, um, especially with they just, they, they added, I mean, when you add Lonzo Ball to your roster and make him the main ball carrier, obviously the point guard on your team, it's, it, it, you're, you're bound to get better. And if they got worse, then that wouldn't make a ton of sense. So good thing they are getting better. Uh, But I don't think there's any way that they can be a pretender or uh, be wearing a costume because just everything's clicking. And I've got a buddy who's a Bulls fan, and uh, nonstop I just hear this, that about the Bulls, and finally I'm like, all right, uh, you can keep going because it makes sense. I think uh, just when you watch them, it's just everything clicks. It's not even who they have on the floor, this or that. It's just the chemistry. I think that's what it is. And uh, Lonzo fits in great. He got himself out of New Orleans, and it's working there.
0: Yeah, Wyatt, do you think... First, I'm going to turn the Cam's response to you. Do you think Lonzo Ball is the biggest piece they added over the offseason?
1: I would say that he is the biggest piece they added, but I don't think that he'd be doing as well if he, as he is if they hadn't added Vucevic last year as well as the additional addition of Alex Caruso. They're all playing very well basketball, and when you put into the mix Zach Levine, who is on pace to have a record season... They're just looking like a very strong contender. I had them at the six, uh, finishing sixth in the East in my preseason rankings. I would keep them around the six, five, four position right now. I definitely think that they are a strong contender. I think that in the East specifically, they do not have as much competition as the West per se, in my opinion right now. And I definitely think that they have a very real shot at making the playoffs. Yeah. Do you mind if I ask them something? Though?
0: Go for it.
2: Alex Caruso more important ad than Lonzo Ball is that what you just said? No,
1: okay. Uh, Lonzo Ball was the most important ad, but without Caruso, I think Caruso benefits to his success. They both benefit one another. Okay. Um.
2: Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Obviously, Alex Caruso. Um. I think he blossomed with the Lakers, but I mean, I think Lonzo does just fine on his own. Um. And, In the beginning of the season, also something big about Lonzo. So last season when I was watching the Pelicans a lot um, because, I don't know, they were were a fun team to watch. Him and Ingram had early on chemistry, and that stopped about a quarter of the way in the season. So that could also be something to watch if he just burns out because he kind of did burn out as far as chemistry-wise last season with the Pelicans, and therefore that's why he's in Chicago now. And I say chemistry is a big reason why the Bulls are doing so well right now. That could actually play a factor, but I still think they're
1: contenders. And before we move on, almost forgot DeMar DeRozan. That Thank you. Yes, yeah, sorry.
0: I was going to say DeMar DeRozan is the biggest piece they added this year. I think he is the difference maker for this Bulls That's team. Fair. But sounds like we're in consensus about the Bulls being for real. So we're going to move to New York, who haven't made the, who made the playoffs last year, but they haven't started this hot. 3-1 and since back in 2013, back with Carmelo Anthony. So they're sitting at 3-1. and They're the number three team in the East and they positioned themselves well for the season ahead. So in the last 10 years they've struggled early though as you can see only one time did they win five, the first five games of the season. Seven times they only won two and twice they only had one win in the first five games. This year they already have three. Should they lose tonight against Chicago based off of the, the math and their previous 10 seasons, that you'd expect them to win about 39 games. If they win tonight and win four of their first five, you'd expect them to win almost 48 games, both of which in, uh, in a weaker East would push, position them well for the playoffs to go back, back-to-back years for the first time in a considerable while.
1: Thoughts? I personally think they have a regression of last year. I do not love Thibodeau as a coach. I believe that he did a very well job putting together a team last year. I do not know if he is necessarily the best coach for their fit. In my opinion, they lost their best shooter in Reggie Bullock. Um, Bringing in Kemba Walker was not a good move in my opinion. I think that he is one of the most overrated point guards in the NBA. I think that you're giving minutes to him when you could be pushing it to more Younger players, players I think that have more potential, like quickly. I just think that their time management isn't as great. They, now, I will say Julius Randle is an amazing player, going to be an all-star again this year. I think that he is the best piece of that team, but I do think that he's the only consistent piece of that team as of right now, and I have them finishing ninth in the East.
2: Cam? I, I disagree with you when, it, when you think they're going to regress. Um, I think they're just going to get better, which is a progression. And uh, especially in the playoffs, I think I think they do make the p- uh, postseason playoffs, whatever you want to call it. And the biggest key to that is, um, I'm going to go back a year to you know the what, 2020 NBA draft. I really liked Obi Toppin out of Dayton, um, and obviously he, I don't think he lived up to expectations last year just because whether it was how much time he got or just an experience in the league. This year, though, from what I've seen, what I've read, Obi Toppin's looking like a much different player and then you mentioned Emmanuel quickly these young players that sure is Kemba Walker taking some time away this or that maybe it's also what four games into the season right now we're not even close to a quarter or an eighth of the way through the season check my math but I think that's correct so when you give quickly and top in less or more minutes whatever it may be I think Eventually, they're just going to find their stride, more so Obi Toppin. I think he's a bunch of fun to watch. Then you got Quickly, who had a great season last year. And then D. Rose wants to play like he's Tom Brady until he's like 46. And then you got Julius Randle, who's going to be an All-Star, and I don't disagree with you on that one. Julius Randle's quite
1: the player. I will agree with the Derrick Rose take. He is another player on that team that I like, what I've seen a lot of. He's looking a lot like he did in the Chicago days. Not necessarily to that peak yet, but showing signs of what he did in his time there.
0: Yeah, and we'll get to a a team later who has a similar complexion, but I think I I agree with Cam. I think that New York is going to get better. I think they're going to make the playoffs again. I think that they could stay. I mean, they they made it the four seed last year, so maybe not necessarily get better from a seeding standpoint, but from a performance standpoint, I think that they could win a first round matchup. And I, I think that they have a good complexion of both young players and veterans. Kemba Walker bringing him in, I think he adds a veteran presence to the point guard staff and the point guard rotation and so I think that that is going to help New York maintain their, their performance from last season and I think that they are definitely for real. Now moving on down south to the Charlotte Hornets, LaMelo Ball was, was rookie of the year last year, they are off to a 4-1 and one start, their best start since 2017. And as a second-year star, Ball is due to bring his team to the playoffs. And the last three years, the third overall teams have have not missed, have missed the playoffs, the t- that player's rookie year, and then made it the subsequent year. So based, and based on the last five years, they, they would need 40 wins to be a top-eight team. Good for the most wins that they would had since their last playoff appearance in 2015-16. So as you can tell, this is the picks, the, the third overall picks, their, and then their team's seeding and finish bay, by, by year. So Luke Ball, Hornets finished 10th last year. Will they see an improvement? That's good enough for a play-in spot. But you see RJ Barrett, uh, Knicks were 12th and twelfth in his rookie year and then they moved up to fourth in his sophomore season, Luka Doncic. Your, your guy went, they, the Mavericks were 14th the year. He was drafted and moved up to seventh his following year. All of those teams are making the playoffs. Do you think the Hornets are for real or do you think that they will eventually peter off and miss the playoffs
2: yeah i mean well right now they got the nba's leading point getter in lamello ball which i did not expect on it he's averaging i think like 30.6 or something just around that he's beating out the likes of steph curry who i mean i'm not going to go into debate on steph curry but i think he's one of the better if not the best player in basketball but Lamelo's looked great so far this season and i i just I find it difficult to see that. No, could that drop to, like, 29 or 28? Maybe. But I find it difficult for just what's going on in Charlotte to just fall apart. Especially, I'm a Magic fan, and I was watching the Magic last night as they blew a massive lead to the Hornets. And it's just, it's a healthy Gordon Hayward. LaMelo's looking great. And then you got Miles Bridges, who is also, I I think he's kind of been underrated just because he's stuck in Charlotte, honestly. Hopefully he starts to get some national attention, if he hasn't already. Um, but I don't see the Hornets kind of trickling off. I think they're going to – will they make the, Will they get a high C in the playoffs? Will they even win a first-round matchup? I don't think I can say that yet because we're only, you know, not a ton of games into the season. But it's looking good in Charlotte.
1: Yeah. Wyatt? I'm going to start off by saying Charlotte already has me eating my words. I put them as 14th in the East coming into the season, and right now I am thinking that they are going to be top 10 which hurts, hurts me to know that I was that wrong. And they could taper off, but I, I see them continuing this success. I, the reason I had him so low was, you think, they got rid of Malik Monk, they brought in Ishmith. I did not see Gordon Hayward coming back to some of his more better days. Uh, LaMelo obviously having a wonderful start to his season. Um, they don't even have P.J. Washington back yet, who was... one of if not their best rebounder last season and as you brought up miles bridges is having a great start to his year i think that as i've previously mentioned the east is looking rather weak this year and i think that now a couple games into the season showing what they can do i really believe the hornets can snag a playoff spot
0: yeah i am a little more iffy on charlotte as a as a North Carolina native, I have seen them start well, be in position, and then just collapse the last month, month and a half into the season. So I think even you know a four and one start is not necessarily indicative of this of season long success. But I think that they could definitely get another play play in game and then maybe make their way into the playoffs that way. So we're gonna move down to the West. This team is gonna be, is a little interesting. The Golden State Warriors, after dominating much of the mid-2010s, they're back now 4-0, top of the West. Steph Curry is going to get Klay uh, Thompson back alongside him. The, the over, this is also, they you know, they had a couple of early first round draft picks. This is, however, their oldest roster since, they, since their uh, last two championship wins with Kevin Durant. They're at 29.1 years of age, oldest since 20, 2018, when they had an average age of 28.8 years old. Do you think the Warriors are back to Western Conference
1: supremacy? Yes. Yes, I, I have them finishing fourth in the West. I think that that is a fair ranking. Uh, I mean, Steph looks amazing, and he's always amazing. That's no shock. Uh, Draymond is having one of his better seasons after showing a little bit of regression in the last two years. He's definitely back to the form that he was during those finals runs. Um, I really am anticipating the return of Klay Thompson. I think that he will be a big difference maker in whether or not that they can push it all the way to the finals or not. Um, a guy that we're waiting to see when he comes back, uh, James Wiseman. I love James Wiseman. I think that he can be a top-ten center in the league, honest to God. And if he comes back healthy, if he comes back showing the same play style that he was before his injury, I definitely think that he can be a key part of that offense and defense. And Steve Kerr is one of, if not the smartest coach in the NBA. I love Steve Kerr. I think that last season was not as much of his fault as some people have made it out to be. I just really like the Warriors' chances. And they are... Of all the teams that we're discussing today, I think that they have the best shot of making it to the playoffs and are by far the real deal.
2: No, I mean, why can't this team get first in the Western Conference, honestly? Like, this, they're doing all this and also just looking dominant. Jordan Poole is like second on the team in points. I didn't see that coming. I guess with some injuries, you could have anticipated it. But when they get Klay Thompson back, I don't see a reason why this team can't uh, get the overall scene in the Western Conference and even I know it's crazy talking four games in the season but have a decent shot at the finals when Steph is healthy even when he's semi-healthy he's still one of the best players in basketball because he can do something that not a lot of players can do as well as him what am I saying no one can do as well as him and that's shoot the basketball more so shoot the three-pointer now when you add Clay Thompson back someone who Will he actually have a chip on his shoulder because he didn't make the NBA 75 list? I I don't know. I thought it was I thought he kind of was a little bit over dramatic about not making it because it's a simple ranking. And I think championships. He I think he's doing just fine in life, honestly. Um, but when you get Klay Thompson back along with Steph Curry playing well, Jordan Poole coming from the coming from out of nowhere and playing great basketball, and then you say James Wiseman. Wiseman former second overall pick. I think. The Warriors took him, anticipating that he would be a key part to a long time in the franchise. I was not overly. Uh, I listen. I also had high expectations for the Warriors last year, and then when you got a few guys hurt, then those absolutely simmer down. So Wiseman was kind of put in a tough position with the Warriors, but now with if he gets back this year, Clay Thompson back, I don't understand why you shouldn't have him one or two in the West.
1: Also, just a quick shout-out to uh, Wiggins, who I – now that he is vaccinated, now that he can play in every game, I think that he will have an impact, not necessarily a major one, but definitely benefit the team more than detract from.
0: Absolutely. I think that the
1: Warriors are certainly for real. I think they will be a top three seed in
0: the, in the West. Can you talk about Steph Curry. He is, I think he is the best point guard in the NBA. He, he can do something – he can shoot the three-pointer better than anyone in NBA history. And so, I think when you have that weapon on your team, it makes you hard to stop. We're going to move now to our last team, a team that has perennially cleaned up the basement in the Western Conference, finishing fourth or fifth in the Northwest Division, 15 of the last 16 years, with only one playoff appearance in their lone winning season over that time span. It is the Minnesota Timberwolves who are starting to look a little different. They're starting 3-1, and of the number three seed in the West, their best start since 2017, they're in sole possession of third place in the Western Conference, and you know they might they might be the real deal. Coming off of a 113 to 108 win last night in Milwaukee, the defending champs, they are now in a select space of rarefied air. Last seven teams to deal the defending champions their first home loss. So, team wins the NBA Finals. You know, next season their first home loss. S- all seven of them have made the playoffs that season so timberwolves winning 113 108 in milwaukee do you think that they're able to make it back to the playoffs yeah
2: i mean i think i think it's an expectation at this point that they should with the roster they have carl anthony Towns, joel russell uh mcdaniels and then you got uh free Avel- exactly who looks like the four, first overall pick that we actually saw when he did play a few games. He he is, I talk about Obi Toppin being an electric player. Anthony Edwards, I think, is in the same right and is obviously the better player. I think it's an expectation that these guys should make the playoffs. Even if it's the playing game or eight seed or whatever it may be, I think they have to or it's going to be a disappointment. When you look at the team they have, there's no reason that they shouldn't. I think it's that simple. And I don't think they're pretenders whatsoever.
1: I'm going uh, to start this with a quote that I've heard uh, many times from many people. There is no use in having faith as a Minnesota sports fan. Cat um, <laughs> is, I love Cat. I think that he is the best center in the NBA when healthy. And he missed half the season last year. I can't remember the last time he had a season where he was healthy for the entire stretch. Um, I think that D'Angelo Russell, while a good player is an inconsistent one and one that you can't always have faith on. in, um, Anthony Edwards is, if they do make the playoff, which I have them finishing in the 10th seed in the West, and if they do get to a play-in or a playoff spot, it will be because of him. I love Anthony Edwards. I think that he has potential to be the best, uh, one of the best shooting guards in the NBA. I thought he should have been rookie of the year last year. Like Lomelo, I think that it should have been Anthony Edwards, but... And like you said, McDaniels, who was a nice surprise out of last season, especially down in the paint. I think that this team has the structure, has the bare qualifications to be a playoff team, to potentially be a uh, contender. But it all comes down to breaking that Minnesota trope, getting past the fact that, like you said, their team has been rather lackluster, only making the playoffs once in recent history.
0: Yeah, I think 10 is a good spot for them. I do not think that they win a uh, playoff seed outright. I think if they make it to the playoffs, they have to go through the play-in round. Whether that's a an 10, 9, 8 seed, I can't see them getting higher than eight. Quite honestly, I, you know, just the hist- you know, they they've started three and they've had to start this hot in the last. Five years, um, you know, and th- they didn't even make the playoffs that season. They're one win- their uh, their best season, and over the last seventeen years came the year b- prior. So I think that they are th- they, they, they don't know whether or not they dressed up. They dressed up as themselves for Halloween. That's what I think. Oh. <laughs> I think that's what's going on with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Th- thank you both for joining me today to talk some NBA basketball. For Wyatt Nunn and Cam Coughlin, I'm Jeffrey Dean, and this has been the Dean's Day.